Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. Okay, we had been discussing chapter 14, Gunatraya Vibhagi Yoga Nama. We will be discussing verses 12, 13, and 14 today. And this chapter, as we have seen, is yoga of three gunas. The inherent qualities of Prakriti is to have these three gunas, Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. Those are the basic ingredients of Prakriti, and therefore, Everywhere in the Prakriti we find these gunas. Nothing can exist without all three gunas in the manifest world. So everything we can see, everything we can think of will have these three gunas. Now this chapter is included in Bhagavad Gita to explain to us the three gunas because these three gunas are also the qualities of our mind. The quest in spirituality as we have seen is to purify the antahakarana, the internal instrument. This internal instrument, which is mind and intellect, is what our quest is to purify. And once we purify the mind and intellect, the knowledge will shine through. That's which is what we call it a realization. The basic question in life is, who am I? And right now my answer comes, I am this and I am that and I go after that answer and say, I am an architect. Well, let's get the happiness out of that. Well, I am a father and I say, well, let's get the happiness out of this. Well, I am a son. The answer which I am getting right now is not clear. Who am I? That's because the mind and intellect instrument is not pure enough to find the right answer. So Vedanta says that your responsibility as a seeker is simply to purify your internal instrument, antahakaran swadhi. This antahakaran as mind and intellect is also nothing but part of this prakriti, as we have seen in the previous chapter. Previous chapter says, idam shariram kunteya itikshetram. Shariram, it includes my mind, body and intellect. It's part of this prakriti. Therefore, my internal instrument also have these three gunas, sattva, rajas, and tamas. So the first goal in this chapter is to understand the qualities of these three gunas, or what is the nature of these three gunas, because those gunas are binding me to this identification with this limited self called me. That conditioned consciousness which I consider myself called jiva. That jiva is trying to find eternal happiness by liberating itself from this conditioning which puts limitations. So the path given to us is, once I purify my mind and intellect, 
the path will become very clear what will liberate me from this limitation. So, we have started seeing, you know, what are these three gunas? You know, Bhagavan said that everything in this prakriti is born out of my womb. Prakriti is my womb and I am the seed-giving father. So, it applies to everything. But our quest right now is not to improve the world. So, there is no point in us to figuring out sattva, rajas and tamas in the world. Our quest right now is self-unfoldment, self-improvement. So now we need to put the gaze towards ourselves and say, how are these three gunas are acting on me? Therefore, we have seen this last verse, it says, when there is a predominance of sattva, what happened? The knowledge shine through. Everywhere I find that things are clear and the light shines through all my gates, all my senses. If I am in rajas, I am driven by passion and activity, tendencies to desire and desire to activity. When my rajas is predominant, I am actively undertaking new enterprises and say, maybe I should do this. I'm an architect, but suddenly somebody says, I'll tell you, Neil, you're wasting your time. Day trading is the way to go. So I said, maybe I should start day trading. Then somebody said, no, no, real estate, you know, buy old houses and repair. Maybe I should do that. So our mind starts investing into various, that's because of the predominance of rajas. And then tamas, they say, I don't really care. We know that this happens to my mind. So my mind is at times under the sway of sattva, sometimes rajas and sometimes it's tamas. So how do I now take advantage of this knowledge and get further? So verses 12, 13 and 14 basically give us a little indication of what happened. Lobaha pravritti arambaha karmanam asamaspruha rajasyetani jayante vibruddhe bharatarshapa. Now, obviously, this is not to put down any one of these qualities. This is for us to see how under the sway of these qualities, my mind functions. Therefore, what is described here is loba. First thing is greed. Now, greed, we think that only the greedy people have it. All of us have it. Because at one level or another, if I acquire something, or if I get something, and if I like it, I want to get more and more of it. And that's basically nothing but greed. You know. That greed when crosses the limit of my discrimination, starts causing negative impression on my mind. Why this is happening? Because the rajas. When rajas is predominant, first indication is greed. Well, I should get more. Well, I only make $100,000, but that's not really enough. People say the million is now common in this day, so let's work on that. Millionaire things, what is million? The millionaires are not as good as what they used to be. Now only the billionaires. And so. See, in our Gujarati, Lakhopati. 100,000 doesn't mean anything these days. You can't buy an apartment in, or a, what do you call it, a flat in Bombay. No. The only talks in crores now when I go there. I'm so many crores. You know, this flat is 10 crores. This 500 crores. Crores now. So Lakhopati means nothing. So the, our idea of what is good enough constantly changes. That's greed. 
See, the first indication of rajas is when there's a greed in my mind. Let me get this thing a little more. Greed. Lobha pravritti arambha. These are basically a linear progression. In my mind, a thought occurs that this is not enough. I should get some more. That some more says, what should I do? I have to have a plan to get more. So I put a plan and then act on it. Pravritti arambha. So now I was sitting happily and enjoying life and suddenly somebody said, this is not good enough, Neil. So I said, okay then, let me do that. Karmanam asamas pruhaha. So we will have restlessness. We will get into action and restlessness. Obviously restlessness because when we are performing actions, what happens? We have the idea of what I'm going to get out of this. The anticipation for the results and then whether I will get that or not that creates restlessness people in my profession we went go through all these interviews for the projects and all that and we were a team of about 10-15 consultants and all that and as soon as we come out of the interview after about 3-4 hours I start getting email have you heard anything Neil? Have you heard anything? And they will continue till we hear anything, whether good or bad. But, and I typically tell them that my job is to go for the interview. Once I'm done, it is their problem, not mine. I'm done. <laughs> if I hear, I'll hear and I'll let you know, guys. But because that's our restlessness, once we are engaged in actions, you want to find out what the result is. So that creates restlessness. So this rajas, when it is predominant, it starts with an idea that this is not enough. We call it greed. All of us say, I'm not greedy. Everybody else is greedy. But we are all. At one point of time, we want something a little more than what we have. That's greed. So it's a, it starts with that idea that this is not enough. That puts in action a plan for me to get it. And once I perform actions, I'm restless. You know. What is next? What should I do? Bhagavan said, that's what takes away the equanimity of the mind which is supposed to see through the reality as is. The restlessness creates agitations. And anything which is agitated, any substratum which is agitated, cannot see through correctly. Then the next verse says, okay, now that we have seen, sattva we have seen, when it's sattva we see knowledge, Rajas creates activity, restlessness. And then last is tamase, aprakasaha, apravrutischa, pramada, moha evacha, tamasyetani jayante, vivruddhe kurunandana. How do I know that I am under the sway of tamas? Because if somebody tells me, Neil, you are lazy, I say, what are you talking about? But I say, you yourself gauge yourself. These are the qualities of my mind. And I am the one who is trying to figure out what kind of a mental condition I am. And because I am not a very good judge of myself, here are the pointers given by Bhagavan that see whether you are in this. If you are restless, well, you are in rajas. No matter how sattvic you think yourself. But your mind is constantly, I don't know what next, I don't know what is going to happen. Well, you are in rajas. But if that's not happening and simply say, I don't care. Aprakashaha. No, I can't feel confused. I don't know what needs to be done. So who are going to vote for Neil? I don't know. 
I'm under complete sway of tamas. I don't know whether Romney is good or Obama is good. You know, both seem to be not so good. You know, or both seem to be equally okay. Our prakasa, not clear idea. The undecided voters. If the one who has decided democratic it is, well, he is obviously he is he is prakash. Romney it is. I have a client in in Charlottesville. He is a big landowner in Charlottesville. He has thousands of acres. So the other day I went to Charlottesville and driving on Route 29. Every few hundred yards there is a Romney Ryan, Romney Ryan, Romney Ryan. Said, What's happening? Then suddenly I realized all this land belongs to Vandal Wood. Vandal has been suffering. Said I need to get out of there. Everywhere is Romney Ryan, Romney Ryan, Romney Ryan. He is complete Prakash. It's very clear to him what's good for him. Undecided voter, I can figure out. But a prakasa, a pravrutischa, I don't feel like doing it. Sort of that TV, I don't listen to any one of those guys. A pravrutischa, pramadha, heedlessness. They are telling you, vote for me. I'm not listening to them. Moha, confusion, delusion, complete tamas, and when that. Tamas is predominating. I don't know what is right, what is wrong. I really don't want to know what is right, what is wrong. I really don't want to do anything. We all get into this mood a lot of time. That's Bhagwan says Tamas. So you yourself gauge your mind and see which mood I am in, and then decide what is your next step. Do you want to stay in Tamas, or do you want to get out of Tamas? You want to stay in rajas. You want to get out of rajas. If you are in sattva, how can you maintain that sattva so that you can see through it? The last verse we have seen is now takes a completely different subject than what we have been talking about, and it's a very bold subject saying, "What happens after this life?" Now, obviously, we Hindus have not really big problem because we have been brought up to believe there is a life after this life. This is not the only life. How many thousands of births you had before, and may have thousands afterwards, maybe. So he said, "Yes, there is a life after this life, because death, as we have seen many times before, as per our scriptures and our thought, is only for the body, only for the bahish karana." This in external instrument is what which is getting old and tired, and therefore at some point I have to give up. But what is defining me as this limited entity is my mind and intellect. It's actually my mind decides who I am. My mind says I'm tall, I'm short. Otherwise, if I was the only person on this planet, am I tall or short? I am who I am. I look at the other people and say, "Boy, he's six feet four inch tall. I'm short." So it is my mind has this idea who I am right now, and that entity wants to get out of its own limitations. When this body is of no use to it, it wants to move on. We have seen that in Bhagavad Gita, chapter two, Vasanti Jnani Yatha Vihaya. When this old clothes get worn out. You take new clothes. You will do the same thing. The body get worn out. That's the topic. What will happen when this body will be worn out, 
and I'm living this body as an entity. Yada sattvai pravruddetu pralayam yati dehabrut. Tada uttamam vidam lokan amalan pratipadyate. If at the end of my life, this life as we call it, because this life is for this body. This body is born at time T1, will die at time T2. Nobody knows before, nobody knows after. However, my strong inclination is there is no end for me. I just cannot think about a moment without me being existing. My inner self tells me I will be around one way or other, somewhere, all the time. So what will be my state? In this verse says, if I leave this body, when I say I, my internal instrument, mind and intellect, which is still strong and has its own ideas about what is good for me, what is happiness, what is accomplishment, what will make me happy. My mind has a clear idea. My mind and intellect has a clear idea. Or at least I think it's a clear idea right now. That will be still intact, but the body is not really helping it. I should be winning a marathon, but I'm getting old, so my mind and intellect wants to do it. That's why one of the biggest problems in old age is our mind doesn't think we are old. Body gives up. I have a lot of people who say, well, let's go and play volleyball when they are about 48 years old and then come back with broken wrists. So what happened, Amado, last time? Well, I was just trying to play this and I, I used to be very good, but suddenly I don't know what I think I used to be when I was 20 and I used to be very good at cricket and all those things. I'm at 50, not good, but I think I can do it. My mind says, you can do it. My surgeon, he's a tennis player. And he has both knees worn down, but he still wants to play tennis. Because mind says you can do it. Body doesn't. So what will happen when this body, you have to give up completely because it's no use less. He said, if the time of that departure for this subtle body, if that mind is in a sattvic mood, then obviously where will it go? In the place where it can fulfill its sattvic desires. At the end of this class, where will I go? What will be my last thought? Well, we have to go to Costco. We will go to Costco. If Mina was not around, didn't say I have to go to Costco, maybe I'll go to Starbucks. So, my last thought, when leaving the situation I am in, will determine my next action, my next abode, my next place of activity. If this embodied one, what is embodied? Mind and intellect in this body. Where it leaves this body, where it wants to go, where its mood tells will be the most happy situation for me. If at the time my mind is in a sattvic mood, tada uttama vidam lokan amalan pratipadyate. It will go to the spotless world of purity. And obviously in our Puranas and Agamas, 
the world is described as the world where there is no sorrows and only happiness brahmalok we will go to the brahmalok now our brahmalok can be here too you know the brahmalok doesn't have to be anywhere else but can be in our situation when things are just about what i want them to be it's a brahmalok for me is such a person will go into the situation where he will enjoy this environment of knowledge and clarity and purity tada uttama vidam that will be the best of the lokas which you can think of you are still in the limited self however you are in the best of the situation he attains to the spotless world of the knowers of the highest once who knows what is good they will go into that company well that's why we simply sankracharya at the age of 8 how can he do this because of the previous vasanas to know this knowledge puts you into that situation and now we say well i can be rajasik all my life about i think i'm not doing well i'll start doing gita study and all that i'll be satvik more so we say no that's not possible this mind obviously is nothing but a flow of thoughts so whatever will create this big flow of thoughts in my mind will be the predominant directions of my mind in the time of death at the last minute you think i'll make sure that i'll remember this but whatever the predominant idea is what comes and i'll give you an example i was in india and we took a tour with the temple there was one jain temple and there was a belief that if you climb that flag pole there are steps obviously then there is a bell you ring it and at the time you think about what you are desiring you'll fulfill your desire i thought well, fine everybody is doing it all also do it. i thought about what i think when ringing the bell okay as soon as i reached upstairs while ringing the bell one i was obviously I was afraid of the my balance but because i'm an architect only thing i could think of is what the construction of the sikharas and all that <laughs> while I was reading the bell all i could think of is oh that's how they have done it here and i came down and you can see from the bottom but this is my one chance to look at it from the top oh that's how they have done it and that's all <laughs> it's the only thing i could think of you know i had a car accident many many years ago car was totaled out i was passed out and then when i opened my eyes and i could see the light between the frame of the car and the door and i said if i can see the light between the frame and the door that means i am in an accident my first thought you know what is my second thought well that means my insurance is going to go up <laughs> i still wonder why there is no other thought am i hurt and is everything okay no no i am in an accident my insurance is going to go up because that probably was bothering me at the time our thought when we are dying will be exactly what we have thought all our life so bhagwan said yada satve pravruddhe if there is sattva predominant you will go to this clean world of knowers of the highest om sarve bhavantu sukhina निरामयाद्राण पश्यंत मचिदुखभा ओ
ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓ